I want to read a passage of Scripture today. I've preached numerous times from. There are different varieties of poverty. When we talk about poverty, everybody automatically kinds of thinks or assumes that you're talking about financial poverty. But I know a lot of people who um, are rich financially, but broke emotionally. I come to church preparing a message, and you realize that in a congregation you have people who are coming who are on all different type of financial levels, different types of situations and circumstances. You go out in the parking lot and there are some very nice automobiles that people drive, but there are people who don't even own an automobile who come to church, who don't even have their driver's license who come to church. Varieties of situations. You can be rich financially, and be broke relationally. You just can't seem to have relationships that work and that function and that operate the way that they should. There's a lot of people who have a lot of responsibility but don't have any joy. They're broke with joy. Can't seem to find joy. Can't seem to find peace. Can't seem to find happiness. And there's a lot of people who have a lot of joy but they have no influence. They don't have the ability to influence other people. So what I'm trying to say this morning and to prepare and get into this sermon today is that poverty is not just finances. So when we talk about deficiencies, when we talk about poverty, everybody I know has deficiencies. I'll say it again. Everybody I know has deficiencies. Some people, that's all they want to talk about is what they don't have. Last week, I talked about the fact that we need to be grateful for what we do have. And that gratitude is one of those things that's extremely important. And, you know, in this story that I want to read today, it's, it's, it's critical that you catch the message. I, I'm not really big on titles, but, but you know, we ask for titles and we look at a title. Dave always texts me, what's the title of your message? Well, usually on Saturday I'll say, I don't know. And so Sunday morning he says, I got to know now. So I start trying to come up with a title. And I've titled today, Empty Vessels. The sermon today is called Empty Vessels. You'll see why here in just a moment. 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Now I want you to think about this for a moment. The man of God in the previous chapter had been dealing with 
three kings. He had been in a, a real high-level ministry dealing with three kings, and now he's in here dealing with a lady who is in a very tough situation. And you can imagine the emotional state that she's in. Her husband has just died. They owe so much money that the creditors are coming to take her sons. Verse 2. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? I wonder if he got his checkbook out. Tell me. Listen to this. What do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing, nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. Empty vessels. Everybody say empty vessels. I want you to catch this. This is the title of my message right here. I'll get to it in a moment. Empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel, so the oil ceased. So the oil ceased. When the man of God looks at the lady who's in a very tough, poverty-stricken financial situation, she is in a very tough poverty-stricken, emotional situation. Nothing is going her direction. It appears to her that her world is falling apart and that everything in her situation is horrible. And she comes to the man of God and asks, what are you going to do for me? And he turns and he looks at her and he says, what's in your house? And her first response is nothing. Can you say nothing? Look at somebody and say nothing. All I have is just a jar of oil. Had she not said nothing first, I don't think that I would have picked up on the fact that what she realizes is most of us realize the same thing. We think and we look at stuff and when God says, I'm going to do something for you and we want to find out what it is he wants to do for us, we think we don't have anything that he can use. We don't think we have anything that he can touch. We don't think we have anything that he can bless. And so it's real easy for us to say nothing all I've got is a jar of oil. And she, she sees the jar of oil. She's overlooking the very thing that God's going to use to perform the miracle through. The miracle is going to come from the thing that she thinks is nothing. Now, 
I'm nothing, just a jar of oil. I don't have anything. Oil in the Bible is very symbolic, and it's symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And so the oil today in this text is something that God has placed in every one of our hearts. Every one of us have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. When we accepted Christ, His Spirit came to come on the inside of us, and every one of us have some oil on the inside of us, the oil of the Holy Spirit that's been placed in our heart. So what's inside of you that you have to offer God is not nothing, it's something. It's at least a piece or a jar of oil that you have inside of you that is the Holy Spirit, the oil. Your oil is something. Do you realize that? You realize everybody sitting here today under my voice, your oil is something, you matter. What you have is important. What you are is important. What you do is important. What you are about is important. It's important to God. It's important to His kingdom. It's important for a lot of reasons. But, you know, everybody wants to get in trouble because they want to compare their oil to somebody else's oil. They want to look at what they have, compare it to somebody else, and they think they don't have much. But I want to look everyone in the eye and say what you have, what's inside of you, what God placed in you is irreplaceable. It's yours and he put it in you for a reason, for a purpose. Your oil is extremely important to God. It's not about the amount of oil. I want you to notice now by the end of the story, her house is full of oil. You get it? But it starts out, I don't have nothing. Just a jar of oil. Here's what I want you to hear me say. Only a jar of oil. At the end of the story, the house is full of oil. But nothing happens until she starts pouring out of the jar that she has into the other empty vessels that her house gets full of oil. Listen carefully to what i got to say this morning. When you feel poor, P-O-O-R, it's because you don't P-O-U-R. You feel poor because you're thinking about, what have I got? What can I do? What does God need me for? What do I have that I could do for God? What do I, I I'm so poor, I don't, I, I can't, I don't have any. I, what have you got? Nothing. I got nothing. Now, the enemy, some of you don't do because you don't think you have enough. It amazes me. Pastor, I'd like to give, but I don't have to give. Yeah, you do. You have to give. Everybody has to give. Pastor, I don't have to give. You have something. Dead silence. Boy, isn't that good. Don's already asked me and checked with me. We're not taking another offering at the end of the service, so just sit back and listen, all right? The enemy 
wants you to miss your miracle. What she saw that she had in the house was nothing, yet the miracle that she had was there. And the enemy wants you to miss your miracle because your miracle is hid in whatever it is that you're overlooking. There's something in your life that you're overlooking. Your healing is tied to something that you're not doing. Your deliverance is tied to something that you have. Everything that you have is tied to something. Everything you need is tied to something that you have. And you're overlooking it because it seems so small to you. What do you have in the house? Nothing but a jar of oil. What have you got? Nothing but a jar of oil. What are you blessed with? Nothing. What are you good at? Nothing. See, the question is not, what do you wish you had in your home? The question is, what? do you have in your home? Today, I'm talking to you and I'm asking you, what do you have? One of the greatest lessons and books that my dad ever gave me and wanted me to read was a book called, What Are You Going to Do With What You Got? He said, I don't want to hear. I don't want you to talk to me about what you don't have. I want to know what you've got and what are you going to do with what you got. Don't tell me what you can't do because you don't have something. God gave you everything you need to succeed. God gave you everything you need to overcome. God gave you everything you need to do what he's called you to do. He has given you and equipped you with what you need. And my question simply is, what are you going to do with what you got? Not what do you need in your home. What have you got? That God can miraculously touch. What do you have? Hear me say this. What you have is what God's going to bless. Not what you don't have. Here's what I believe today. I believe... That God wants to bless every single one of you sitting here today. I also believe that at this point, at this time, at this moment, in the historical plan and purpose of God, that God has chosen you to be a vessel, and He's chosen you to be a vessel in this service today so that I can take out of whatever oil is in my vessel, and I want to pour something of what I have, which doesn't seem like much, which doesn't seem like it's some great big thing, but if I can find some vessels that I can pour pour some oil in, we'll have plenty of oil in the house. You are a chosen vessel. Look at somebody and tell them beside you. Would you tell them you're a chosen vessel? The oil you have in your life is the oil you need. The strengths that you have in your life are the strengths that you need. 
The experiences that you've had in your life are the experiences you need. But I want you to notice, you've got to notice that the oil only flows when it's poured. The oil only flows when it's poured. You can't pray over it and it multiply. You can't cry over it and it multiply. You can't wish for it to multiply until you pour it. It's going to stay in a small jar. All I have is a jar of oil. Let me just make this statement. If the enemy can't take your oil, what he'll try to do is to get you to stop from pouring it. Because if he can stop you from pouring it, he can stop the oil from multiplying. The Lord has assured me that everything that I need to fulfill His purpose, you have. Pastor, what do you mean, we have? If I can just get you to take your little bit, and I don't care how little bit it is, and start pouring what you've got, what little bit of the Holy Spirit that is in you, if you'll start using it and pouring what you've got, the vessels will get full. We'll have to go borrow vessels to pour into. Pastor, I really would like to help and do and be involved, but, you know, my heart's broken. I've had so much happen in my life. I've had so many things go wrong. I've lost loved ones. I've had struggles. I've had battles. My marriage is not good. My job's not good. My relationships aren't good. My emotions are just at wit's end. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I just wonder, what, what, what do you think I have to offer? And what can I do with what little bit I got? Pour it. Share it. Give what you got. You got to keep poor. Now, some of you used to be poor. You used to give. But you got discouraged pouring, so you stopped pouring. When you stop pouring, You got discouraged. When you got discouraged and you stopped pouring, what happened to your miracle? Do you all know what a self-fulfilling prophecy it is when you begin to tell somebody, I'd like to do something, but I've lost what I got and I can't do it, and, and, and if, I, if, if I'm just not going to do it, I can't do it anymore. Does anybody know what I'm talking Am I talking to anybody in this house today? Am I talking to any of you? Huh? 
you know, here's the way most of us tend to think. I'll pour more when I get more. I'll give more when I get more. I'll do more when I have more. We, we, we just have a tendency to think that way. But the way that it works in the order of the Lord is that more, that what you have doesn't become more until what you have is poured. Why do you think the Bible says give and it shall be given unto you? It doesn't say those of you that have give. It says give to everybody. Whether you think you have nothing or not, if you're not willing to give what you have, how are you going to get more? Because it says give and it shall be given to you good measure, shaken together, pressed, shaken together, and over shall it be given unto you. If you're not willing to do with what you have, why should you be entrusted with more? Well, I just need more in order to do. You know, here God, in His order, He's commanding. And it's just like God to command you to pour out of something that you don't have enough of. This lady doesn't have anything. What do you have in the house? Nothing but a jar of oil. You talk about a weird instruction. Will you all admit with me this is pretty weird? She said, what, he said, what do you have in the house? I have nothing but a jar of oil. All I've got is this jar. And he says, well, what I want you to do is I want you to take that jar and I want you to pour out what you've got. It's a weird instruction. But here's what I believe with all of my heart. Pouring it out works. As you pour it out, it becomes more. I, I just want to let y'all in on saying I've tried feeling sorry for yourself when you're discouraged. Y'all ever tried feeling sorry for yourself when you're discouraged? Huh? You ever had those pity parties? Yeah, I, I, I'm discouraged right now. I'm going through a tough time, y'all. You know, I grew up in a church where almost every testimony, we had testimony nights, and on testimony nights, People would get up and they'd say, you all pray that I hold out to the end. And I remember going home one night and asking my mom, I said, Mom, what do they mean hold out to the end? She said, well, honey, people have struggles. You know, and of course at that time in my life, nine or ten years old, I didn't know what a struggle was. My, my, my mom and dad met every need I had. I didn't really know what, 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 what they were talking about. And they just kept praying they'd hold out in. I didn't want to quit, but you know. So I've tried feeling sorry for myself, and I just want you all to know it don't work. So if some of you are feeling sorry for yourself, don't come tell me about it. If you come and tell me about how bad you got it and how sorry you feel for yourself, I'm going to look you square in the eye and I'm going to say, well, what are you going to do with what you got? See, I've tried to encourage somebody when I felt like I couldn't. 
And I'd do it anyway and get blessed by it. Have you ever tried to do something when you didn't feel like doing it? Huh? Okay. I would encourage, but I don't feel like it. Do it anyway. That's what I think he's saying here. You know, bitterness, when you get bitter about how things are, it'll keep you from pouring what you have while you're wanting something else to happen. So when you get bitter about what your circumstance is, your situation, or how much little you have or what nothing you have, it's real easy to get stuck in that. And you get stuck in your bitterness because you just think, I don't have. And he's saying to us today, what have you got? Let me ask you all this question. Do you think she had to deal with discouragement when the man of God, the prophet, looked at her and said, I want you to pour what you have out. I want you to pour it out. Here's what he's saying. The more you pour, the more it flows. Well, Pastor Farley, I just don't think anybody appreciates what I have, so I'm not going to do anything else because I'm not appreciated. I just ain't appreciated for what I am doing. Nothing's going to flow when you stop. Nothing's going to happen when you get there. And that's, that, that, again, is a part of that self-fulfilling prophecy, you know. In order for it to flow, you've got to keep pouring. Look with me at verse 5 here for just a moment. So when she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now here... She goes and she shuts the door. She gets behind the door. And it's it's an amazing thing to me. The boys went and got the vessels. I think it's, it's noteworthy that I'm not sure she went and asked her neighbors for empty vessels. I think she sent her boys to do it. You know what I'm saying? That's a good mother teaching her boys to go do what she didn't want to do. Y'all don't know anything about that, do you? I mean, but it looks to me like, and that's when I read this, I'm thinking, well, you know, she sent the kids to get the vessels. She didn't want to borrow them. But she, she went and she gets them and then... She gets the boys and she goes behind the door and she closes the door before she starts pouring. Wonder why she closes the door. Why is this important? It's important because what you do in private when no one is looking is what's really the critical part of this. See, a lot of us are praying for more. God, give me more. I want more. I want more. I want more. Give me more. I want more. And God is saying, you want more? Then pour. 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 Y'all want more over here? What do you think you got to do? What do y'all got to do? What do you 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 got to do? If you want more, you got to pour. 
Are y'all ready for this this morning? Do you think you're ready? The reason I think she went behind the door and closed the door is because some people spend all their time checking out what other people are pouring rather than seeing what they got to pour and pouring of what they got. Got a lot of Christians always checking out what somebody else has and what they're doing with what they've got. They're always checking something out. Do you remember the lady in Scripture that brought the, uh, that, that brought the expensive perfume to Jesus and poured it out on his feet and the men were all standing around and said, look what she did. They could have took that that she poured on Jesus and they could have sold that and been worth a lot of money. But here she comes and she wastes it by pouring it out on Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, what she did was worship. See, so many times we get caught up in what we have and what we possess and we think if we give what little bit that we have and what little bit we possess, it doesn't amount to anything. It doesn't matter about anything. But when everybody starts pouring what they have, you know, we got vacation Bible school coming up and there's going to be some little kids who are going to come there. Wonder who's going to pour into their life. Wonder who's going to be the one who's going to take care of everything that they have. Do you realize all of the things that it takes to pour into kids' lives and to have a fun time and a great time for them? But so many of us say, oh, I, I just, I can't do that. I can't give. I can't be, I, 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 got, I, got, I can't do all that. I don't have anything to give. Some of us just feel like what we have to give ain't much. I just don't have a lot to give. But I'm saying to you today, you need to shut the door and keep pouring. Just shut the door, keep pouring. The oil only multiplies when it's in motion, when it's moving. Now, another thing that I want to say to you is that in this passage... The oil only flowed into the vessels when the vessels were ready. The instruction was from the mother to the boys, go get all of the vessels you can get. Get empty vessels. When you go get the vessels, bring all of the vessels. Get as many vessels. The man of God said, borrow as many vessels as she can. She goes and she borrows the vessels and she gets all these vessels. She brings them in and all these vessels are ready. The oil only flowed when the vessels were ready. Now, I've come to the point in the sermon where I want to ask you a question. And you know that when I ask questions, I have the answer before I ask, right? All right. Is this story really about the oil or is it about the vessels. Is the story about the oil or is the story about the vessels? I want you to notice here in verse 3, then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere from all your neighbors. But there's only one kind of vessel that I want you to borrow, and that is empty vessels. Now, since I've already told you the title of the message, you should have known what the answer was, right? Is it about the oil or is it about the empty vessels? Make sure that the vessels 
are empty. God can't feel what's already full. Say it again. God can't feel what's already full. That's why it's so important. Help me, Lord, to say it. That's why it's so important that you pour out. Because the one vessel of oil that she had, if she wasn't willing to pour it out into another empty vessel, if she wasn't willing to pour it out, she couldn't have had her jar of oil refilled. The same jar that she had, that vessel that she had, until she started pouring, it wasn't going to produce any more oil. But when she started pouring into empty vessels, more oil came into her jar. And how? See, that's, that's why it's important. Some of us are too full of, too full of pride to be an empty vessel. Some of us are too full of opinions to be an empty vessel. Y'all don't know anybody that's full of something junk, do you? Y'all know anybody that's full of junk? Anybody married to somebody full of junk? See, it's important that we come before the Lord empty. Help me, Lord. When the vessel is ready and it's empty, God will start pouring His oil into your life. Here we are in 2 Kings chapter 4. I want to jump several centuries over into the New Testament to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I want to talk for just a moment here before I close from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7, where it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power of the oil may be of God and not of us. earthen vessel there are translation that says he puts this treasure in cracked pots broken vessels earthen vessels means it's clay it's not something of value see what keeps us from showing up sometimes is the cracks that we see in our vessel with what we have, with our conflicts, 
But that's the kind of vessels God uses. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Why is this treasure in earthen vessels? That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Is it all right if I'm honest with you this morning? You know, I've gone through a season where I have said to the Lord, Lord, I'm just not sure that I'm the pastor that you need of this church. I'm just not sure that I'm the one. I was talking to Sheila the other day, just all kinds of stuff gone on in our lives with our parents, with mom and where does with his her mom and season we're in. And I said, I'm just not sure that I'm the pastor. She said, well, you're the one they got. Real sympathetic. No sympathy at all. When everything's going the way you want it to go, when everything's doing what you want it to do, when everything's happening the way you want it to happen, you don't have any problem being the pastor. But when it happened, ain't happening the way you think it ought to be happening, it ain't doing the way you think it ought to be doing, you want to come and you want to talk about the fact that you're not sure you're the pastor? Is it okay for me to be honest? Empty vessels is what I'm talking about today. Have any of you ever felt like that you're not enough to do what needs God wants done? Uh, has anybody here ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like you're not enough? I'm wanting to say the very same thing to every one of you. I've struggled at times thinking my family's all out of town so I can talk. <laughs> Could I have been a better father? Could I have been a better husband? Anybody ever deal with that? Do y'all ever think about that? Do you think you could be better? Huh? Could somebody else do a better job than you? Do you ever feel that way? Well, let me help you today. You are the only mother your kids got. You're the only father your kids got.
Your son's the only son you got. You got who you got. Your daughter is who you got. We've got who we've got. You are the one God has chosen to be the person you are. And I think that he chose us to do what we do and be who we are, not because, not in spite of the cracks that we have, but because of the cracks that we have. I believe he wants us to come to the place where we get to the end of ourselves and we will allow him to come into our lives and be what he needs us to be. I've put this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. What's God put inside you? that you don't think is enough to pour out? Are you willing to pour out whatever he has placed inside of you? I look around this room today and I believe that there are some gifts, some talents, some abilities, some stuff that God's placed on the inside of us that if he could get us out of the way, if he could get our will out of the way, if he could get our willpower out of the way that he could use us to do some things that would be pretty powerful. When you come to the end of yourself and you become empty, you come before God and you say, I want to pour in. Now guys, You've got to hear my heart today and what I'm trying to say, and I, I, I don't know where minds go. This is really not about me, but here's what I'm saying. If I'm the pastor that God placed here, he's trying to give me something to pour into you. And I'm looking for empty vessels. If you've got it all together and you've got everything worked out the way it needs to be worked out, he probably doesn't have room to come into your life. But some of us have come to a place where we realize, I need you, Lord. I don't know how to fix my kids. I don't know how to make my marriage the perfect marriage. I don't know how to be the pastor that's the smartest, the biggest, and the best. But I'm asking you, Lord, pour into me and the Lord is saying the only way I can pour into you is if you'll start pouring what you have week in week out month in month out year in and year out I do my best to come to this pulpit and pour the word of God into your life so that you can receive exactly what you need from God And what I'm saying today is this, guys. This really 
is not about me. It's about you. Can God pour his spirit through me into you and into your life? And will you be an empty vessel that he can fill? And then will you pour what you have into someone else? Am I getting across my point today? It's, it's not about me. It's about, are you ready for him? My God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The Lord assured me this week, I've read the 23rd Psalm in a way that I've never read the 23rd Psalm in all my life. I read it this week and I started it and I felt like the Lord told me to read and it said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And immediately the Holy Spirit said, stop. I said, what are you saying, Lord? He said, read it again. I said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Read it again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He said, am I your shepherd? Well, get it through your thick head. I don't want you to want for anything. If the Lord is your shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Listen to me today. If I'm your shepherd... My heart is to fulfill everything where you don't have a want, you don't have a need, you don't have a desire. Why? Because I believe that God wants us to start pouring. And I'm looking at you today and I'm telling you the only way that you're going to get your vessel full is when you start pouring of what you have into somebody else's life. And when you pour what you've got, find an empty vessel and pour into it. When the vessels are ready, the oil will flow.